Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shift Podcast, where we talk about transforming motion into progress in business. I'm Az, the Chief Marketing Officer for Merkel EMEA. And I'm Rich, Chief Strategy Officer for Merkel EMEA, and we'll be discussing our book called Shift that covers the areas that we've seen businesses struggling with that can hinder progress. So if we think about the whole premise behind shift, it's about this idea of organizations breaking out of the cycle of being stuck in motion and translating that into progress, into kind of forward direction. And if you look at many of the challenges that we see in the industry today, many of those, that's evident. We see organizations taking the motion route rather than starting with an end in mind and actually driving it into progress. For example, if you look at digital transformation, these are organizations who, let's be frank, probably have fallen behind. And so in order to catch up, are going through a process of digital transformation. And a standard route that most of them go through is let's look at the leaders in terms of who is digitally where we think we want to be. Let's define our current state and let's set our future state to be what that looks like today. The downside of that is that they are defining a future state based on the current state of some some leader. And the moment the budget is approved and the process starts, they're falling behind again. As opposed to what shift takes you through is the first step is define the vision and the goal. Set the North Star, build the strategy that you want the organization to adhere to. Then construct the team and the ways of working in order to achieve it. Build an adaptive organization that never falls behind again. And then recognize that this is a never-ending process. So it's a effectively build the future that you want and develop an organization that will never fall behind again, as opposed to you know, current state, future state, oops, we're behind again. Current state, future state, oops, we're behind again. Yeah, I love the the principle that we're talking about around transformation because you're right. If, a, if an organization has to transform, it has fallen behind its plane to catch up at that point. And if you're continuously having to transform, it, it's a challenging place to be. It's a lot of work for the organization. It's just a very strenuous thing for, a, for the people within the organization. And it creates so much change, you can never get momentum through the organization at all. I think it's a really important place to be where we're constantly thinking about what your strategy is and the direction of travel that you're trying to take. I think there's a clear sort of example around some tactical things that people are doing as well. So I know that we've talked a lot about identity being a key component now, and people are trying to understand how do we start to, to drive personalization. We, we talk a lot actually thinking about, don't think about personalization because no customer has ever turned around and go, do you know what? I, I want more personalization. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they, they want something that's more personal to them. And it's a personal experience. And you know, it's how do we find the right solutions around it? And identity is a key thing about understanding people has come up. And there's you know, the huge thing around data collection that you've probably seen a lot as, as well, Richard. How, how are you finding people talk about those sort of tactical topics as well? What you started to say there, I think, is, is about asking the right question. And I think it's often the, the strategy isn't translated down into the things that need to change in order to achieve the strategy and then taking the steps that need to be taken. Quite often, organizations start with something they really want to buy. And so what we're seeing with data is this whole idea of death of the cookie, therefore the importance of first-party data, it's almost, here's how the argument goes. You know, we, we're seeing the death of the cookie, therefore, oops, first-party data is actually quite important, whereas first-party data has significantly more value than to replace cookies. But therefore, we need first-party data. We've got technologies that help us store first-party data, 
we've got collection methods that allow us to collect first-party data. So let's set ourselves a goal of having a billion records and let's go and collect a billion records. Now, at the end of that, what you've got is a billion records in a database. What you haven't got is a billion relationships with customers. And so it comes down to, I think, organizations taking tactical approaches to the components they need to achieve the strategy rather than starting with the question of, well, what do we want the strategy to be? We yep. want to have developed a relationship with our consumer. Well, that you may take very different steps than just you know, collecting a billion records. Yeah, and that ties nicely with what we've talked about in part one around the principle. And yeah, just thinking about making sure you've got defined purpose because that's what you're saying there, isn't it? It's make sure you've got the right purpose where you're trying to get to and letting people hang off that. But I think the, the key thing as well that we then no doubt we'll touch upon shortly is, is the whole measurement piece because you need to measure the right things to be able to get there. As you said, if you're measuring how many records you've got, you're just going to have a lot of records. If you're optimizing for the number of clicks that you have in marketing, you're you're going to just be very good at clicking. So we'll get in clicks. It, it's really thinking about how do you start to drive those behaviors all the way through as well, which I think is equally important. Yeah. And we talk about sort of priorities and thinking about how do you prioritize those strategies moving forward? I mean, organizations are looking very tactically at some of the solutions or the challenges that we've just said. Where do you think the, the problem is around the, or where do you think the gap is for, for, for leaders at the moment where they're thinking about the, the purpose versus trying to get to taking action? I think it's, it's the lack of measuring the right things, usually, I think, because of how organizations are so incredibly sighted. I had a, I think I mentioned, I, I, at a function recently, I, I met a, an, an ex-client of ours who's now working for an organization that's very focused on measurement. And we were talking about this topic about measurement. And he said that what he's realized through where he is now is that his previous organization really enabled mediocrity. So it allowed mediocre performance because there was no way of comparing that mediocre performance across the organization to the outcome that it drove. And so I think what happens is businesses are, are able to measure these silent activities, but you don't know whether turning this one up or down by three or five points will make the boat go faster. You know, NPS is a great example we talk about. You know, if we measure NPS, NPS went up from 7.1 to 7.3 and everybody celebrates, but you know, sales might have gone down. So what is the relationship between the thing you're measuring and the outcome it drives? And I think that's the connection. We don't start with the goal. We start with the components that we think we need in order to achieve the goal. Whereas I think starting with the goal, how you measure that you're making progress in that goal, and then doing the things you need to do is the right way around. But that's not how most organizations approach it. Yeah. I think there's also something around the adaptive behavior of organizations right now. Just always being ready, you know, it's a principle we just touched upon. But if we think about that a little bit deeper, we, we talk about in the book, it will rain on your parade. Yeah. You know, things are always going to go wrong. Things that aren't expected, but if you're adaptive, you'll be able to be much quicker to respond in some of these things. I mean, great example, COVID is obviously a clear example. You've got things like GDPR, where people have really sort of interpreted what they need to do in a different way. Some organizations have been better prepared than others. So I think there are a lot of different opportunities for organizations to, to see the relevance of where being adaptive can be really important. I, mean, I think that's a really key, and that's got to do with organizational structure and empowering people to look at a situation and come up with the best way of responding in an organization that can see a situation and capitalize on it quickly. Actually, I remember, I think it was back in the 80s, I was still living in South Africa. Tom Eric Cantona jumped over the, the barrier and, flying kick. and fly and kicked somebody. And two days later, there was you know, T-shirts on sale with two feet saying Cantona was here. <laughs> you know, it's organizations that can see a misfortune and capitalize on it fast that requires empowerment and it requires flexibility and freedom and yes yeah, so it's that adaptive nature that allows you to turn misfortune into yeah absolutely i always think actually a really positive example as well i remember the the oreo campaign that was run when the super bowl 
the power Pinch of the lights. Yeah. yeah, the speed to be able to get that out was, yeah. you know, I think it was like turned around in 15 minutes. It was minutes, yeah, it was minutes. minutes. So it's incredible. Then, yeah, that's exactly the sort of mindset that we, we need to think about and even on a grander scale. Yeah, I mean, you and I talked recently about the Paris to the car rally. You know, the, which I don't think they run anymore. I don't think it's safe. But, you know, the, that all really was, you know, starting in Paris and going through West Africa to Dakar. It, it's, it's grueling. It's dangerous. It's risky. You know, you have to plan where you're going to cross, where you're going to overnight, what route you're going to take, how long it's going to take you in each section, how much water you need, how much fuel you want. You got to think about the type of car. You got to think about the navigation. There is so much to plan to win a rally like that. Most, most cars won't even finish, let alone win the race. <laughs> and, and if you think about, I don't think anybody undertaking that rally is going to start by looking at the car, saying, hey, what car should we buy? Let's buy a great car. Let's buy a car with, with five wheels and with, you know, air conditioned. They're going to think about air conditioning as a feature, but they're not going to stop the car. Whereas in most of these situations, when you're thinking about current state, future state, it starts with the technology. Well, let's buy yeah. the tech first. And you think about that's like not worrying about the journey, the route, the packaging, the, you know, the navigation, what happens if I get lost? All of those journeys, if you start with the end in mind and you start with the outcome, you can't not come up with a full solution. Yeah. Whereas I think it, it ends up being tactical. Yeah, and I think it helps with the decision-making process. As you were going, you know, reminding of the story, it reminds you of the movie Ready Player One. And, you know, the first task that they have to go through is a race. And in the race, they've got to get through a number of different obstacles to get to the end. And the goal is to get to the end to get the egg or the key. And it's amazing because no one could pass the race. But when they solve the problem, the actual solution was to go backwards. Yeah. And the solution to go backwards with the, the goal in mind, obviously, to get to the end, it still got them there, but they just had to go a slightly different route to get there. Yeah. Which I think is a really nice way to think about it because businesses often think that progress means movement. Yeah. And it's what we're talking about here. That movement could be in different directions. It could be depending on what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. As long as you're heading towards your goal is the key. Exactly. And your point about priorities, I think that is, is the priorities are linked to the thing you're trying to achieve rather than what you need to buy. And exactly that. If we've bought five things, we must have made progress. Well, actually, unless it's changed the outcome, you've just undertaken a whole lot of motion. So just linking this back to Shift, I think this really highlights, you know, just one challenge that we try to address it within the book. And it cuts through all the different elements uh, of our principles where we've got the principle and the crew and the season all coming through because I think it just shows how we start to address and start to think about these challenges slightly differently. And even though it's not a how to be able to achieve that, just making people think about, you know, some of the things that they need to consider when they're trying to make change and drive progress through the business. Thank you to everyone for listening. Our book, Shift, is available now, so please check out the link in the description to order your copy today or find out more on our website, motioningtoprogress.com. Stay tuned and we'll be back soon.